But tonight, we're talking about friendships. Anybody want a friend? Anybody want a good, real friend? I mean, come on, raise your hand. You want friends, right? We don't want to live this life alone with no friends, right? So we want real friends. And maybe you're looking for a friend. And I would encourage you maybe to take this advice. Maybe go this route. Maybe you're like this group of friends who put this ad on Craigslist looking for a friend. Are you ready? This is what they said. The title, help us replace our friend Darby. Uh, what's wrong with Darby? So sad. The description, our friend Darby went on tour for a month and we'd like someone to replace him before he gets back so that when he returns, he'll discover that he's been replaced. If you'd be willing to uh, kind of dress like him and act like him and call yourself Darby and hang out with us for a little while, it will be more than perfect. Must have long to medium hair, some facial hair, and a charming but snarky persona to apply. Please include a headshot to ensure a good match. That might be a good way, right? If you're looking for a friend, throw out an ad on Craigslist. No, not a good way at all, okay? Maybe you're looking for certain characteristics in a friend, right? You want a good friend, one that matches your energy, one that matches your vibe, one that matches, you know, the things that you like. And so, boys, maybe your requirements for a friend are some of these. At least your friend needs to have at least one solo win on Fortnite. I mean, that's, that's basic, right? I mean, four, well, at least one. So, Matthew, you can be my friend. Where's Matthew Avila? Come on, Matthew Avila's got to win on Fortnite! Are you going to do a dance? Oh, no, no, stay there. Oh, yeah, good. Good job. Okay, you, got, you at least have to have one kill on Fort, or one win on Fortnite. Your favorite drink's got to be Dr. Pepper. That's at least my requirement. You got to be able to fart on command, right? You must know a good amount of Chuck Norris jokes. And I think that's uh, some pretty good requirements, right? Rochers? You agree? Okay, anyways. Girls, how about you? What are your requirements for a friend? Maybe there's some of these. And uh, you know I already don't know you, so let's see. Girls, maybe you're looking for a friend who still loves Justin Bieber as much as you do. Yeah? You love him. You love him. I don't know why. Or maybe you're looking for a friend who will drink, who will drink Starbucks strawberry refreshes with you all the time. Or frappuccinos, or whatever you like at Starbucks. Or maybe you're looking for a friend who you can talk to for hours and hours and hours on end about nothing at all while you paint your nails and you just enjoy your time together. Are you looking for that kind of friend? Okay, what are you looking for in a friend? What to you makes a good friend? What are the characteristics you look for? Hopefully you know that it's all about what kind of friends you have. It's not about how many friends you have, but you want good quality friends, not just a ton of fake friends, right? We want some real quality friends. And so what we're gonna do tonight is look at what, the, what characteristics we should be finding in a friend. And the way we're gonna do that is by looking in the Biblia, Bible. Biblia is not Bible and Bible. We're going to look at the Bible to find out what characteristics we should look at. Look at your outline. Proverbs 18, 24. First thing. A man of too many friends comes to what? Ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Ooh, I want a friend like this, don't you? A good friend. A real friend. 
And in order for us to find a real friend with good characteristics, we need to look to God's word and have it direct us and give us the characteristics that we need to be looking for. But the first step in finding good friends or having good friends is actually not looking outward, right? The first thing we need to do is do what? Look inward. We have to look at ourselves and we have to make sure that we are good friends ourselves. We need, if we want good friends and we want good quality, real friends, then we need to make sure that we are good quality friends ourselves, right? And so we're going to look at the Bible, see what it has to say about friends. And we're going to make sure that we ask ourselves first, are these characteristics true of me? And then we can ask, are these characteristics true of my friends? Or maybe I need to find new friends, right? Okay. So maybe you're looking for friends. Maybe you're wanting to make friends. Maybe you've been having trouble keeping friends. Maybe your relationships have struggled. And so we need to see what the Bible has to say for us. And you know what it tells us? If you want a real friend, you know what you need? You need a fresh friend, okay? You need a fresh friend. The first and most important characteristic that must be true of you and of your friends is number one, Real friends are following Christ. Real friends are following Christ. This is the most important characteristic of every friendship, of every relationship. It is the most important thing that you need to focus on tonight and throughout your entire life is this point right here. Real friends follow Christ. All friendships will fail. All relationships will fail if they do not have who? All relationships will fail if they do not have who? Christ, right? You need Christ. Every relationship in this world at some point and in some way will let us down. They will fail us. They will do something wrong. Why? Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners, right? And when you put two sinners together, when you put multiple sinners together, what happens? A whole lot of chaos and emotion and sin and all this struggle and strife because sinners are sinners, right? But even though our relationships are affected by our sin, even though our relationships might struggle, there is one relationship that will never fail, that will always stay the same, that will always be so good to us, and that is our relationship with who? With God, with Christ. And so the first step, the first question we ask ourselves in our entire lives, let alone now as we're looking for good friends, is are we following Christ and are our friends following Christ as well? It is the sweetest relationship you can ever have. A relationship with God himself. This is the sweet news of the gospel. This is what separates Christianity apart from every other religion, every false God, is that we can have a relationship with our God. You know why? Because every false God is fake, false. They're dead, and they are some impersonal dictator that bullies around and commands their followers like slaves to do what they tell them. But our God is not like that. Our God loves his children. 
And he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to know you. He wants to care for you, love you, show you support and, and lift you up and bring you out of the darkness. And the way that he does this is by sending his son to die on the cross, to live the perfect life that we can never live and to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins. Not only this, but he raises from the dead in order so that if you would believe in him, put your faith in him tonight, then you will have a relationship with him and he will give you a new life. And that new life is what you need in order for any relationship to work at all. Without this new life, without being born again, all your relationships will fail. Without having first a relationship with God, then every relationship, every friendship, forget about it. It's all going to go south. You need Christ. Most importantly, not just so your relationships will succeed. Most importantly, so that you will have a relationship with God. So that you will be able to know him and enjoy him forever. Friends, this is the sweetest relationship. The sweetest friendship you could ever have. This should be your primary concern. All of your friends at one point will disappoint you. Some of your friends will betray you. You'll be very saddened by what some of your friends will do. Even if you're so nice to them, even if you try so hard, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Why? Because we're sinners. But there is one person who will never fail you, who will never leave you, who will always stay faithful to you, who will love you unconditionally, an endless amount of love who will satisfy your souls, who will care for you, who will support you, who will love you forever and ever, and that is Jesus Christ. You want to make sure that you have this friend. He's your most important friend. He's the only friend you will ever need. If this whole world falls apart, if you end up all alone on this earth, as long as you have Jesus Christ, you will be satisfied. Is that true? So you need to make sure, first and foremost, that you are friends with Jesus and he welcomes you. He invites you to be friends with him. He invites you to have a relationship with him. He invites you to be reconciled and forgiven if you would just give your life to him. Follow him, trust him, turn away from your sins and give your life to Christ. You will have the sweetest, the best the most awesome, the most loving friend you could ever, ever have. James 2.23 says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and Abraham, what did Abraham do? Look at your outline, James 2.23. Read it with me. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and Abraham believed God. And what happens when you believe God? It was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. What do you need to do in order to be God's friend? You need to believe in him and follow him. John 15 verses 13 through 15. Greater love has no love than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you slaves, right? We're slaves to our sin right now. But with Christ, he sets us free. For the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you, what? I have called you friends. I have called you friends for all things that I have learned, heard from my father. I have made known to you. No friendship 
is as sweet and as great as your friendship with Jesus Christ himself. Okay? So that's the most important thing. If you get anything from this message, be friends with God. Make sure that you're made right with him. Then, once you make sure you're a friend of God, then you must also make sure that your friends here on earth are also following Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15.33 in your outlines. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You've heard this, right? Listen, when you become a follower of Christ, when you become a Christian, he gives you a new heart. He gives you new desires. And what do you want to do? You want to follow him and become more like him each day. And so you want to make sure that the friends around you are also following Christ, are also loving Christ because you want to both be loving the same things, right? I mean, this is true in real life. When you have friends, when I was in high school, when I was in school, what, 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 who were my friends? At one point, I really loved band. I played the clarinet, you know, advanced, advanced band. And so you looked at my friends and were, who were all my friends? They were band people, okay? I loved band, so all my friends were band geeks, okay? And then at one point, I, you're not geeks, I, I love band. Then at one point, I went up to high school. I started to play sports, and I really loved football, playing football. So who were all my friends? Football players. They loved football, and they loved to play football. It just makes sense, right? And so if you love Jesus Christ, then you need to make sure that all of your friends love Jesus Christ also. I mean, you would want this, right? If you love Jesus and you're following after him, why would you hang out with a bunch of people who hate Jesus? who don't talk about him, who don't love him. That doesn't make sense, right? Bad company corrupts good morals. And so maybe you're asking, okay, I just became a follower of Christ. I just became a Christian. Or I want to give my life to him. I want to become a Christian. What happens to all of my friends who are unbelievers? Do you just ditch them? Do you just leave them? No, here's what you do. You share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. You tell them, friend, I want you to know the greatest friend there is. His name is Jesus Christ, and he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He changed my life. He made me new. He saved me, and he can save you too. That's step number one. You tell them the gospel. Jesus died for their sins. Jesus rose from the dead, rose from the dead. And they can have new life with him, right? That's the first thing you do. Also, when I was in high school, Christ saved me. I had a ton of unbelieving friends. I came down the mountain. I went back to school. And what happened? All of my friends noticed that I was different. Why? Because Christ made me what? A new person. I had different desires. I wanted to follow Christ. I no longer wanted to do the sins that my friends were involved in. And so over time, guess what happened? I just started spending less and less time with them and started making more friends at where? Church, right here, youth group, at church with people who love Jesus. This doesn't mean that you need to just ditch your friends right away. No, love on them, proclaim the gospel to them, lead them to Christ. But you don't want to hang out with them all the time because they're in sin, they love their sin, and they're not going to lead you towards Jesus, right? 
And so your relationship changes with them. No longer are you just some buddy-buddy friends with your unbelieving friends. Now you are evangelists. Now you're proclaiming the gospel to them and leading them to Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Point number one, real friends follow Christ. Real friends are following Christ. And you need to make sure you're following Christ and that your friends are following Christ as well. All right. So that's our first one, most important one. Now, I've got four more for you, okay? And we'll go through these more quickly. But that was the most important one, so we spent a long time, okay? Four more, and these are going to come from an example from one of the best friendships ever described in the Bible. Do you know who this is? Come on. It's not Jesus. Not David. David and? Jonathan. David and Jonathan. And their friendship is going to reveal four more characteristics that we need to follow. You need to make sure that you have these characteristics and that your friends have these characteristics as well. But first, in 1 Samuel, who do we have? There's a king with no heart for God. His name is Saul. Saul continued in his disobedience. He does not love God. He hates God. And because of that, God punishes Saul and chooses a new king for himself called David, right? Saul's a bad king with no heart for God. And David is a king who has a heart for God. He loves God, a man after God's own heart. He's a scrawny shepherd. He's a faithful boy who does, who's faithful and little. He's a gifted musician. He, uh, he's a man of faith who conquers the great giant called Goliath, right? And starting in 1 Samuel 18, we see this David make an enemy and he makes a friend. He'll become the enemy of King Saul and he'll become the friend of King Saul's son, Jonathan. Isn't that cool? And through this friendship, we find four more characteristics. Are you ready? Number two, real friends are reliable. Real friends are reliable. R-E-L-I-A-B-L-E. Okay? Look at 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 3. In your outline, look at it. Now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as himself. Jonathan loved David as himself. Saul took him that day and did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Real friends are reliable. They are loyal to each other. They make a commitment to each other. Look at that next verse, 1 Samuel 23, 18. So the two of them made a what? Covenant before the Lord. And the first thing we have to notice is that in 1 Samuel 18, there is a distinction. It's kind of a one-sided relationship. It is Jonathan who is committing himself to David. It is Jonathan who's saying, I want to knit my soul to his. It is Jonathan who's saying, I'm going to love David as myself. And this is important for us to know. Because you cannot just wait for your friend or for the other person to show loyalty to you. You're not waiting for them to show all these characteristics. No, it starts with you. You need to make the commitment to be a good friend to others. 
you need to make the commitment to be loyal and reliable to them. Does that make sense? Jonathan first showed David his loyalty, not expecting anything in return, not because David was showing him loyalty. No, because Jonathan loved David. And so he made the decision. I am going to be loyal to this friend, David. Okay, that's important for us. And then look at how Jonathan shows his loyalty. First Samuel 19, four through five. Then Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, do not let the king sin against his servant David, since he has not sinned against you. He hasn't sinned against you, dad. And since his deeds have been very beneficial to you, for he took his life in his hand and struck the Philistine, and the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all Israel, you saw it and rejoiced. Why then, dad, will you sin against innocent blood by putting David to death without a cause? You see this? Jonathan is sticking up for David to his own dad. Is that loyal or what? That's a reliable friend. Again, we see Jonathan defend David in an even more intense situation. Look at 1 Samuel 20, 30-34. Then Saul's anger, Saul's anger burned against Jonathan. And he said to him, For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Therefore now, send and bring him to me, for he must surely die. This is intense. But Jonathan answered Saul, his father, and said to him, Why should he be put to death? What has he done, dad? Then Saul hurled his spear at him to strike him down. So Jonathan knew that his father had decided to put David to death. Then Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger and did not eat food on the second day of the new moon. For he was grieved over David because his father had dishonored him. What's happening here? Saul wants to kill David, right? And Jonathan, because he's so loyal to David, he loves David. He's defending David even before his own father, who's so angry, who's so heated. There's so much at stake in this situation. But even still, when times get tough, Jonathan chooses to defend David and stay loyal to him. Is he a reliable friend? Yeah, right? Do you have this loyalty to your friends? Are you reliable like this to your friends? Would you defend your friends when others talk bad about them? Would you talk good about your friends no matter who you're around? Your loyalty is shown not in the good times, but in the bad times, in the tough situations. How about when your friends are going through really tough trials? in their own lives, when they're suffering, when they are sad, will you be a reliable friend to them and be there for them? Look at Job's friend, Job 2, verse 11. Now, when Job's three friends heard of all this adversity, Job has lost everything in his life. When they heard of this that had come upon him, they came each one from his own place and they made an appointment together to come to sympathize with him and comfort him. One thing Job's friends did right was that they were there when Job needed it. They were there when he was suffering. They rushed to his need. And then they messed it all up by opening their mouths, right? And giving really 
bad advice. Okay? Proverbs 21, verse 21. He who pursues righteousness and loyalty finds life, righteousness, and honor. Loyalty. Hosea 6, 6. For I delight in, what? Loyalty rather than sacrifice and in knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. So the question to you is, are you a reliable friend? I want you to circle in your outline. Rate yourself right now. What do you think? Examine your friendships, your relationships with each other. Am I a reliable friend? Am I? Circle. One being, man, I'm pretty weak at this. I'm not super reliable. I'm really flaky. Not there when they need it. Three being, I'm kind of average. I need some work to do. I can grow a lot in this area. Five being, this is a strong point of mine, okay? So rate yourself, and we'll talk about it in small groups. Point number three, real friends are encouraging. Real friends are encouraging. Another characteristic that marked the friendship of Jonathan and David and that should mark you is that there was a constant source of encouragement. Look at how Jonathan encourages and lifts up David while his own dad is seeking to kill him. 1 Samuel 23, 15 through 18. Now David became aware that Saul had come out to seek his life while David was in the wilderness of Ziph and Horesh. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David at Horesh and encouraged him in God. Isn't that sweet? He encouraged him. Thus he said to him, do not be afraid because the hand of Saul, my father, will not find you and you will be king over Israel and I will be next to you. That's so sweet. I will be next to you. And Saul, my father, knows that also. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord and David stayed at Horesh while Jonathan went to his house. Do you encourage your friends like this? Do you lift them up or do you constantly put them down so that you will make yourself seem better, seem more superior, seem better than them. Let me ask you this. When you're around a group of friends, when you're around a group of people, are you pointing, picking at your friend, making fun of them to put them down, to get some laughs from other people? Or do you encourage them? You say, hey, broski, You're just doing so, you're doing so great, man. I've been so encouraged by you. Hey, girly girl, you look so, so beautiful today. I just, I love your outfit. And you know what? I just want to encourage you. Just keep following after Christ and let's do this together. You know, hey friend, you know, I've been praying for you. Do you pray for your friends? I've been praying for you. I've been praying that you grow to become more like Christ. And if you ever need anything, friend, I'm here for you. You can talk to me and I'll help you. Do you encourage your friends? Do you lift them up or do you put them down? There are so many ways you can encourage them. And wouldn't it be nice, guys, if we were just constantly encouraged? Wouldn't you like that? And so you, the first thing you got to do is you got to start encouraging your friends. If you want to be encouraged, that would be nice. Start encouraging your friends and maybe they'll notice that. And what will they do? They'll start encouraging you and we'll start this culture of joy and lifting each other up and encouraging each other to be more like Christ. Wouldn't that be nice? Proverbs 17, 17. 
A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So even when your friend is going through a tough time, will you be reliable? And will you encourage them? Will you lift them up? 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. So are you encouraging? Rate yourself one through five, circle where you are. One being very weak. I'm just so cynical. I always tell my friend, he's ugly, he's worthless, he's useless. Five being, I tell my friend every day, I'm praying for you and you are so great and beautiful. Which one are you? Do you need some work? Rate yourself. Number four, real friends are sacrificial. S-A-C-R-I-F-I-C-I-A-L. Sacrificial. Sacrifice, that's for some of you. Sacrifice is perhaps the most important characteristic of your friendship besides following Christ. What is, let me ask you, Recall back to our very first message on relationships. What is the thing that ruins every relationship? Everybody? Pride, right? And what is pride? It's us only caring about ourselves. It's us only wanting to benefit ourselves. Us only wanting to lift ourselves up. But what is the great remedy of all relationships? What is it? Humility, right? What is it? Humility. And the best way that we can show humility is by being sacrificial. What does this mean? Are you willing to sacrifice your time, your desires, your energy, your emotions, whatever it takes to be a good friend to that other person? Look at what Jonathan says to David, 1 Samuel 20, verse 4. Then Jonathan said to David, so sweet. Whatever you say, I will do for you. Wouldn't you want a friend like that? Now, obviously, we're not going to get ridiculous and say, "Mm, go fetch me some in and out at once if you're my friend. Right? No, we're not going to be silly. Right? It's not going to be anything that's silly or something that causes us to sin. But if it's in an effort to encourage them, to lift them up, to be a good friend, to point each other more towards Christ... To, to be there for them, then we will sacrifice whatever it takes to be a good friend to them, right? Are you sacrificial? Are you able to say that, uh, what Jonathan said to David, but when it's reasonable, sacrifice for them. Even when you're tired, right? It's not always going to be easy. And you don't feel like listening to their sad story sometimes, right? Sometimes you're just going to have to sacrifice that time your emotion and weep with them and just hear them out and be patient. I can't believe she's talking about that boy again. I told her a thousand times to not do it, but you're going to be patient and you're going to love them and you're going to be sacrificial and that you're going to listen to them and be there for them. Right? It's like this. It's like the pig and the chicken. Have you heard of this? The pig and the chicken who were talking about what they could give to the farmer to show their love. They have a great, great farmer. They love their farmer. After a while of thought, the chicken suggested, why don't we give him a breakfast? We should give him a breakfast of bacon and eggs. The pig replied, 
Well, that's easy for you to say. All you got to do is a simple contribution. For me, that's a total sacrifice, right? I mean, bacon. There you go. Sometimes it takes a huge sacrifice, right? Maybe it's not going to cost you your life like the little piggy. But it will cost you a significant sacrifice. Real friendship involves personal sacrifice. It doesn't have to be your life, but all true sacrifice will cost you something. So let me ask you, how much are you sacrificing for your friend? And of course, if you're following Christ, if you love Christ, then what should be that motivation in the back of your head, that thing you're thinking about to encourage you to be more sacrificial? What is it? The sacrifice of Jesus Christ. If you're really following Christ, then you remember that Christ made the ultimate sacrifice for you. And so that's going to lead you to be sacrificial for others. John 15, 13. Greater love has no love than this. Again, that one laid down his life for his friends. And which friend of ours laid down his life for us? Jesus Christ, right? So are you sacrificial? Rate yourself one to five. Sacrifice. Do you make a sacrifice for your friend? One being, I would never do anything for them. Three, average. I need to work on it a little bit. I need to do a little more to be sacrificial. Five being, I am about to go die for them right now. What is it? Point number five. Last but not least, real friends are, it's got to be an H. Real friends are honest. Honest. H-O-N-E-S-T. Okay. Now bear with me for this example from Jonathan and David, okay? It's going to seem weird at first, but I'll explain it afterwards. 1 Samuel 20, verse 41. Look at your outlines. 1 Samuel 20, verse 41. And when the lad was gone, David rose from the south side and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And they kissed each other and wept together. But David wept the more. Okay, it's a little weird, right? Let me explain. This is not weird at all. This is not anybody liking each other in a weird way. It's not anything gross at that. You know what this is? This is true friendship that doesn't care about what anybody else thinks. That's not scared to be free in their friendship and show their love for each other. Let me explain it further, okay? When I went to Albania and I was walking around with these Albanian guys all the time, they loved me. They, they were so glad Americans were there. They just wanted to talk to me all the time. And we would walk around together. You know what they would do? They would hold my hand. As we walked together, we would hold hands together. You know what this is? This is friendship. This is just a different culture. This is how they show their love for each other. I asked them, is this anything weird? And they said, no, this is just us being friends. This is just me loving you. And that's just how it is in a different culture. When you go to Europe, when you go to France or wherever it is, we, we, you kiss each other on the cheek, right? It's not weird. It's not that they like you in a weird way. It's just that they're showing their love for you as friends, right? So that's what's going on here as the Hebrews are doing. They're loving each other with a kiss. And that's fine, okay? 
But this is going to show us our last characteristic, and that's this. That friends have the ability and privilege to be themselves. You can be yourself with your friends. True friends are the same at home as they are at church. They're not afraid of what other people will think of them. They're not afraid to have complete freedom and show love towards each other. And that means that true friends, here we go, tying it back, true friends are able to tell the truth to each other. True friends are honest, even when it hurts. They're honest with each other. So let me ask you, are you an honest friend? And can you accept it when friends are honest with you? What is there to be honest about? Proverbs 27, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Galatians 6, verse 1. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual... Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking for yourself so that you will too, so that you too will not be tempted. Matthew 18 verse 15. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. You know, you know what this is saying? You know what you're being honest about? Real friends who follow Christ together, make sure to point out the other person's sin, right? Sometimes you just got to be honest. And if you both are wanting to grow to become more like Christ, if you both are following after Jesus, then sometimes you're going to have to say, hey, friend, I think this is not really a good thing to be doing. I think that this is sin. I think that you need to grow in this area, right? And you're thinking, okay, yeah, I'll do that. That's easy. On the other hand, are you willing to accept it when your friends tell you, that what you're doing is sin. That what you're doing is not honoring to the Lord. And what you're doing needs to be improved on. You need to grow to become more like Christ. When they are honest with you, are you going to grow bitter with them? Angry with them? Or are you going to say, you know what, friend, I trust you. I know we both love Jesus and you're just trying to help me grow. So I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to accept the honesty. I'm going to embrace it. And I'm going to grow and accept your advice. Are you willing to be honest with your friends? Will you accept their correction without becoming angry or bitter towards them? And will you be honest with them and help them to become more like Christ? Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. Our goal is just to become more first to know Christ, then to become more like Christ. And your friend should help you to become more like Christ. And that needs honesty. So rate yourself. Are you honest? One being every single word that comes out of my mouth is a lie. And you cannot trust anything I say. Three being average. I need to work on it. I need to be more honest. I need to lift my friends up and lead them to Christ. Five being um, I don't know. I'm so holy and I tell my friends all the time that they need to repent. Okay. Real friends are what? Fresh. Real friends are fresh. You need to make sure, number one, that you're following Christ, the most important thing. Number two, you need to make sure you're reliable, that you're always there for your friends when they need you. 
that you are committed to them even when they let you down sometimes. Number three, you need to encourage your friends. Lift them up. Don't put them down. Number four, be willing to sacrifice your time, your pleasure, or your emotions for them. Be willing to do whatever it takes to serve your friend. Number five, be honest with them and be accepting when they're honest with you. Help each other grow to become more like Christ. It takes honesty. And so the question is, how fresh are you? Freshy fresh? You want to be freshy fresh in all of your fresh friendships. Fresh. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word, which makes it so clear to us, which guides us and helps us to become more like you. Um, Lord, we just want to know you, first of all, to have a relationship with you. The most important thing is that we are your friend. We would hate. It would be the worst thing to be enemies with you. No, we want to be your friend. And you made that possible by sending your son to die for us, to pay for our sins, to raise again from the dead, to give us new life. And all we must do to accept that free gift of grace is give our lives to you, trust in you, believe in you, and repent from our sins, turn away from all of our sins, and follow you. So would you help us to do that? And after that, would you help us in our friendships, that we would honor you through them, that we would seek to serve each other, that we would not be prideful, but that we would be humble, sacrificial, loyal, reliable, that we would serve each other as you have served us and sacrificed so much for us. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.